podcast called Live in the Stream comes to you each week. Streaming recommendations during NFL season, it's not just tongue and cheek. Quarterback, defense, tight end, recommendations based on opposition matchup. Here are your podcast hosts, JJ Zacharyson and Danny Carter, Living the Stream. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Living the Stream. I'm JJ Zacharyson, the late round quarterback. And as always, I am joined by my lovely, lovely co-host, Denny Carter. Dennis, what's going on, man? Uh, not much. Uh, I'm, I think I'm officially ready for the NFL season to be over. So, uh, <laughs> it's, it's that time of year where I'm just, you know, I'm burned out from drafts and analysis. So if we could just hurry this thing up, uh, we're, I, that'd be good. Yeah, I just finished a 16-team auction draft with the Number Fire crew. And it's gotten... So let me just throw this out there so everyone's aware. This is our fifth year for the Number Fire League. Uh the fifth year, I mean, both since I've been there and since the league has, has been a thing. I've made the finals every single year, and I've won two of them. Uh, so just throwing that out there first, okay? Yeah, just, and, uh, just, so that's clear. That wasn't even a humble brag. That was just a plain old brag. Yeah, one million percent, just a, just a straight-up brag. <laughs> but, we, but we've grown so much over the last year or two, especially since we got bought by FanDuel. And now remember how last week or two weeks ago on the show that we talked about this the soccer rules how teams move from one league to the next well now we have two 16 team leagues and the top eight from the one league this season will get moved back to the other league and then the top eight from the other league will be moved up into this league that's amazing it's, it's, it's actually kind of awesome yeah so we had like the more of the OGs, you know, the people who've been around a while uh, in the, the Premier League. And then the, the other league is for more the the newbies that, that came on board. So it was it was interesting, though. A 16-team auction, your team sucks. And it's not easy. Right. It's just not easy to do. But it was a good time. Yeah, uh, it, it, sounds, it only took 16 hours to finish. Sounds absolutely miserable. Uh, I, and I have to say, well, I, I, wanna, I want you to reiterate, are you good at fantasy football? Have you done well in this league? Um, I just, okay. So I don't know if you guys have seen, uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins play hockey before, Uh, Uh, but, but I, I, in this league, I'm similar to how the Pittsburgh Penguins are to the NHL. Mm. Um, but the the Penguins have won back-to-back Stanley cups. Um, they, they've, they've won the championship two years in a row. Um, I haven't won two years in a row, but I've been at least the runner up four years in a row. That's, that's where I'm at. Yeah, that's, that is, that's amazing. And do you have a, a a capitals equivalent, someone who really does like just roast the regular season and then poops his pants in the, we don't, I don't think, I don't think we do. I'm just going to say that it's either Jim or Brandon just because it's, it's easy to call them out. Excuse me while I uh, drink my seltzer real quick. Hold on. (laughs) So the other thing I wanted to talk about Denny, it's very good before we get into week one streamers because it is week one. It it's is. Happening. Yeah, it is. I had my neighborhood draft this past week. Yes. We need to know. The people need to know. So in this draft, sorry, I took a, a sip of my own water. Silva-esque, I have to say. <clears throat> yes, I have a giant jug that I drink from. Some people who see me on Facebook Live have seen the jug. But this draft, so, you know, going into a lot, I didn't know how I was going to tell these guys what I did, Okay. Found the perfect opportunity because we had nine guys and there was a text thread and the one, the, the commissioner is a great commissioner. 
uh, the commissioner is like, what are we going to do? You know, we need this 10th. I have one guy that I could get. And then I, I, I was, this, this was my opportunity. Remember how I was scared about being either like way, way too arrogant or being almost way, way too humble. Because if I didn't say anything, it would be really awkward in the middle of a draft if they found out something out, you know? Oh yeah. No, so, it was a, it, sound, it seemed like a no win going in. I have to say right. it seemed like a no win situation. Right. It was a no win situation. So for those of you who didn't hear, I'm in a neighborhood league. They invited me to do it. I did it. Of course, I wanted to sign up for a league like that, but they don't, I mean, they, they don't know that I do this for, as my job. It's like, it's like if we're going, I, I made this analogy in, on, on my late round podcast at one point, but it's like, you know, if you're, if you're all doing taxes and you're trying to get the biggest return, your accountant friend is going to be the best at it, right? Mm-hmm. Like I'm naturally going to be better than these guys. I, I analyze this stuff. And so uh, I didn't know how to like tell these guys that this is my job because it's not like they, it's not like it's a common job. And so my, my in to not be too arrogant and to not go the other route was when there were nine teams, I hit them up in the text thread and I said, hey guys, you know, I, I do this actually for a living. Like this is my job. Okay. And so if you want eight teams instead of nine to make it even, I, I'd gladly back out because I'm in a lot of leagues. That's a good move. Right? Right? And then that way, so we ended up getting 10 teams, but when I got there... They knew that I was the quote ringer of the group, yeah. And they and and it was it was an easier, like Man. getting into the conversations were easier. Yeah, all of it. It was it was to me it was one of my 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 best moves yeah. in a social environment that I've ever made. That is, I mean that's got to be top five uh, as far yeah. as, as as social moves go, especially because you did you don't know any of them, right? I mean you don't know any None of them, them well, right? I don't know. I I've never met any of them before. Oh oh so. So ha- so my question then is how did you get into this leak? <laughs> so so it was on our message our neighborhood message board oh. and I saw the the message and I was like yeah I want to meet some more some new people in our neighborhood cuz we're my neighborhood's massive like it's like a like 300 houses in the neighborhood. Uh-huh. So like so like it's you know I know so, you know I know my neighbors and stuff but we don't right. know everyone in our neighborhood. So it was just a group of 10 dudes and I went over there and I wrecked the draft. Uh, the um, you can get to the results of the draft in a second, but just talking about neighborhood message boards. So if yours is anything like mine, then it would be, uh, let's see, uh, the the fantasy draft post would be right between the posts about uh, a missing cat and yes. a scare a scary young man in a hoodie seen at midnight <laughs> yes. outside of someone's house. <laughs> yes, yes, that's exactly it. There was one last week where. I mean, look, I live in suburban Charlotte, okay? Like, it's not, certainly not a lot of crime in this area. And and there was one person who uh, posted a message that said that, that people need to start picking up their dog poop more, their their dog's poop. <laughs> not, not that they're pooping dog poop, but they need, they, need to, <laughs> they, need to, they need to pick up after their dog. And then the woman was like, and I know who it was because my cameras on my house saw you. Man, I, look at the... The suburbs are just laced with paranoia. Uh, the the it's it's rife in in suburbia. People are so paranoid. It's part it's part of living. I mean, it's part of like exiting the city is like if fleeing to some place where you can you know be alone and and so people do that stuff. That that the the suburbs are nuts. Right, and a lot of the people have never ever lived in a in an urban environment in their life. No, or or it's been like thirty years since they did. Right, yeah, like their parents did back when the city the city was like uh, you know not nearly as as packed as a as a city today, and they heard horror stories, uh, you know, 
uh, of um, of how bad the city was. So yeah, no, I I I had to say, as a suburb dweller my whole life, this doesn't shock me, but it's also a crazy place. So this draft, so we're doing this draft. I'm I got pick number two. I wasn't that thrilled about it because I wanted more of a back half pick because I've gotten a lot of front end picks. So I'm pick two. And the first guy goes up. I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I mean, this is arguably the best spot. And it's funny because I'm the one who does this, but I get picked two and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get either Le'Veon or DJ, right? Mm-hmm. Tom, Tom Brady goes first overall. Boom. Oh man. And, and I'm just, I'm sitting there in my, my, I like sunk in my seat and I thought this is what, this is what's going to go on in this draft. Your pit, like, your, is, your pits are sweating so hard at that point. Yeah. So I took Le'Veon just because I had a lot more. I have more more money on DJ this year. Okay. So I, I took I took Le'Veon, and then you know I, I realized though you know he that guy was probably the only questionable. Like he didn't do research and he admitted to it throughout the draft. It wasn't like a, you know these guys had no idea what they were, they were doing. But I will say, my team this is a ten team standard league, and I got Carson Palmer at quarterback just because of this mm-hmm. early season schedule. Des, Amari, Demarius Thomas, Le'Veon, Mark Ingram, and Jordan Reed. <laughs> I mean, how can you – you couldn't bench any of those guys. No, no. It's it's it's, it's crazy. And then my bench, though, my bench, though, I decided since my starters were so good, I would get bo- – I would lock up the New England backfield and get Rex and, and Gillisley just to see if one of them emerged. I also got Joe Mixon. Joe Mixon fell to the sixth – at the end of the sixth. And then I got like Jeremy Macklin, John Brown, and I just picked Derrick Henry just because why the hell not? Yeah. So it, it was just, it was, it was in it. The, the, the one moment though in the draft, the guys are awesome. Super nice dudes. Uh, you know, they started to ask me some questions and stuff. I feel like half the room probably took me seriously and half of them didn't, which is usually how it goes with this job. It's fine. Um, but you're not mad. You're not mad. No, no, it's whatever. After the draft, we're all standing there, you know, every, you know, after the draft, you got a beer in your hand and everyone's just looking at the draft board, right? You just, you're just chilling there. Like, like you got to analyze what went on. The dude that was next to me had a really nice draft, but yeah, well, obviously, cause it's also nice that, that David Johnson slipped to him at three, but there was one dude who was the, the token. I'm going to yell takes throughout this draft after every pick guy. <laughs> <laughs> and, and someone I, look I don't want to like put this dude like I hope he never finds his podcast but but at one point someone drafted Ted Ginn okay you know I love Ted I'm I'm one of the biggest Ted Ginn guys out there this season right I love Ted Ginn the dude puts up the 10 Ted Ginn pick and I'm like oh great pick like that was a good pick the dude in the back he's like Oh my God, I love that pick. Like, he's like going nuts over this pick. And he goes, he's going to be the number one wide receiver for that team by the end of the year. Okay. And, and, and instantly my body actually just, just got, just lit on fire when he, there were, there were like, it was like a fire breathing dragon from right. the back of this garage saying this. I was, I was, my mind was blown. And then his logic was that veteran quarterbacks like veteran receivers. That is a solid take. That is, I mean, who who can argue? Who can argue? So 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 the same dude. This is the last thing I'll say about him. The same dude. So we're all staring at the draft boards. Some some one of the guys comes up to me and goes, "So expert, you know, poking fun, whatever. Who was the, who was the best pick in this draft?" And Doug Baldwin. So I had the the wraparound. So I got Des and Amari at the at the you know second second to last pick in the second and the second pick in the third. Doug Baldwin fell to the early fourth round. Wow. Okay. So I said Doug Baldwin easily. I mean, how is that? How is that not the best value pick in a draft, yeah. right? So I say Doug Baldwin is the best pick in this draft, and and Ted Ginn guy 
who's, I mean, I don't know how much he drank. I have no idea. I don't know this guy. But Ted Ginn guy looks at me, and I don't think that he, he was aware that I was the, the, quote, ringer of the group. But he looks at me, and he goes, Doug Baldwin's not a good pick. <laughs> and I turn around, and I'm like, I'm like, excuse me? He's like, they don't even, he's like, they don't even throw the ball in Seattle. Wow. And I'm like, I'm like, Doug Baldwin's been a top 10 wide receiver the last two seasons. Like, what is it? What? What are you saying right now? Right. Yeah, well, so that that guy, that guy was was the token. Every look, every draft needs that person. I have that in my home league, Evan. I hope that you're listening right now. <laughs> Everyone has that guy, but this guy was saying these takes. At least my buddy, who I just mentioned, yeah, like ha, like knows a ton about sports. But right, um, like these takes were insane. The, so the, the so the Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn guy, who which is an ironic name for a guy who had <laughs> takes about Ted Ginn. Um, <laughs> so he. So this guy, uh, this guy gave you a physical reaction to, to when when he fired off a take. Yes, yes. I mean, I mean, you 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 couldn't help like you, you like you said you felt your body. I, I I know I know what that's like. Well, when we used to have our friends and family league at at my house uh, every year, the draft, um, people would do that. They would say something like, like um, like Jay Cutler was so good in Denver. He's gonna he's QB one in in Chicago. Like when he first got there, and I was like, what? What are you talking about right now? Right, right. Uh, but right. They, but they were dead serious, very. And it's serious. so and it's and it's so forceful to the point of like you're convincing me right now. Right. Like I'm pretty sure Ted Ginn should be number one on their death chart right now. Uh yeah, right. <laughs> you almost got on on Twitter right then and like I've I've rethought the Saints. <laughs> right, right. Michael, Michael Thomas, your wide receiver, forty five in my rankings. Michael Thomas is undraftable at his ADP. <laughs> right. It was just, it was, I mean, look, it was a great time. And that dude's probably not, like, I don't know him very well. He's probably the one person I talked to the least while being there. Um, but it, it, it was a great time. And they're awesome dudes. One dude actually went to a rival high school of mine. So we had something in common there. I got to, got to chat it up a bit. Yeah. And I was by far, I was by far the youngest one there too, which is not a surprise. I, you're, aren't you always, have you ever not been the youngest one? No, I yeah. still can't legally drink, so it makes sense that that they were cert- that I was underage drinking in their in their garage. Oh, that is, uh, you know, don't 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 at the police, please, listeners, listeners, don't at yeah. the police. <laughs> at at police, yeah. <laughs> don't, don't, please don't do that. Yeah. Uh, all right, Denny. So week one streaming is here. Um, we're gonna go through for those of you who are new to the show. Hopefully, no one from my neighborhood league. Uh, we're going to go through defenses, quarterbacks, and then tight ends that you can pick up off the waiver wire. You know, we give recommendations most of the time that are of players that are owned in 25% or fewer of leagues, sometimes a little bit more, uh, in case something's obvious out there, but we then let you guys use these recommendations, uh, and try to fit them within your particular league. Denny defense is very, very nice this week. It is very nice. It's extremely nice. Uh, I wish that we could recommend a defense that was 69% owned um, after that intro. Yeah. But unfortunately, we can't. So uh, I I tweeted the other day as it was becoming clear, you know, that Andrew Luck was not going to play, that the Rams defense sticks out as like perhaps like the play in week one. They're available in 74% of ESPN leagues. They're three-and-a-half-point home favorites against the great Scott Tolzien and, and the Colts. I mean, I guess Tolzien is starting, right, not not Brissett? Correct. Okay. 
So, so Tolzien is starting now. I, I, I looked into Tolzien a little bit, and here's what I found. The one thing that I found that makes me feel good about streaming the Rams defense is that uh, he has a two to seven touchdown to interception ratio over. Is that good? Um, well, it depends on if you like scoring touchdowns. Now, if you don't okay, like scoring okay. touchdowns, he's he's great. He's elite, right, and right. he should be paid. He should be paid for it. But uh, no, it's not good. Uh, so, you know, when we look for defensive streamers, we want defenses at home that ha- that are f- who are favored and who might face a team that will become one dimensional during the game with a bad quarterback. And that's exactly what we have here. I love the Rams. Yeah, I love the Rams as well. Um, I, I think that you know you you uh, you described it well when you're looking at for for quarterback stream or sorry for defensive streamers. I actually wrote the exact same thing in my 15 transactions column that dropped today on Number Fire. But there's basically three questions that you want to ask. You want to see if the team is a strong favorite or a favorite. Are they at home? And does the opponent have a bad quarterback who could turn the ball over? There you go. And I think that your note of making them one-dimensional also is really big. They're also without Ryan Kelly on, on their offensive line. They, they have issues on that offensive line, the Colts do. That combined with Scott Tolzien combined with – it's just – it could be a disaster. And the Colts' defense is not very good. Uh, it's, actually, it's actually very, very bad. Right. And so when you combine that, you could see that this is the one opponent where the Rams actually might have a positive game script. Yeah. And – how often are we going to say that this season? Oh, so, yeah, absolutely. And and so what I'm saying is all the all the girly Rams defense stacks is what I'm saying. The other defense that I want to talk about is the Buffalo Bills. Uh, you know, there are like I said, you asked those three questions: Is the defense uh, at home? Are they a strong favorite? And does the opponent uh, have a bad quarterback who's who could turn the ball over? And with the Bills. The answer to all those questions is yes. Um, you know, no matter how bad the Bills' defense might look, especially in the secondary, you know, I think that you know their their line is fine. But no matter how bad that they look, um, it's fine against the Jets. The Jets are very, very bad. Um, they're right now. They're the Bills are eight point favorites, but in some places they're nine and a half point favorites, oh. uh, which is a very, very good line for a defensive streamer. Um, so they're going to see more than likely a positive game script. And it's also good that, that Tyrod came out of concussion protocol today because yeah. that's another big aspect to that positive game script. Um, like I said, they're at home. The Jets are starting Josh McCown, who started three games last year, and he threw five interceptions. I mean, like, what? Wh- wh- who who are the Jets? Who scares you on the Jets? Maybe Bilal Powell, maybe, maybe. But even, I mean, it's a running back, so I don't care. Like, their, their wideouts are... So bad. Yeah. And it's with Josh McCown. And I just have no idea how the Bills don't give you at least a high floor this week. Did you say Bilal? Bilal. Bilal Powell. <laughs> well, Bilal. listen, according to my mentions are pretty red hot with Robbie Anderson love. And uh, so, you know, I'm not recommending him. But when you said who do the Jets have, according to my mentions, they have a man named Robbie Anderson who will be will light the world on fire. Look, Look, the, the the Bills defense has its holes. I mean, they realistically against a normal opponent, they're going to get lit up in the secondary. Um, but yeah. it's Josh McCown, so I'm not that concerned about it. Um, but I do think Robbie Anderson might see at least some volume. I just I think this game in general will be low scoring. Um, I think that the Bills are going to run the ball a lot. Uh, but like I said, I'm I'm glad that Tyrod is out of concussion protocol, even though Nate Peterman held a pit. Um, 
would uh would would be okay. Uh, Tyrod's definitely still still an upgrade. A, a couple other defenses just to mention because there are so many out there. I think that you can get away with playing Atlanta mm-hmm. uh, at Chicago. The Steelers are owned in a lot of leagues, uh, but they're playing Cleveland, so don't think that we would play these streamers over them. And then you got the Jaguars against um, Houston. So I, I think Jacksonville, even though they're on the road, I believe, Jacksonville is still fine. They're not a bad streaming play against Tom Savage. Another pit football player. Um, we So we are one Nate Peterman performance away from you referring to him only as Nate Goderman. No, that's correct. Is that right? That's correct. That's correct. It's amazing how... Oh, actually, if, if, if Tyrod Taylor were to get hurt, you'd have the... Peterman to LaShawn McCoy pit connection there in the backfield. Uh, you, you would technically technically be required to root for the Bills, I think. <laughs> that would be pretty pretty awful. By the way, Deadspin had a great takedown of you Steelers fans today. You you should read it. Oh, in their in their yearly uh, in the, in what the, is, what's the what's the title of like those? your your team sucks. Uh, yes. Yeah. Yes. And and uh, and it's like the Steelers are like are like wow well, man I forget the with the how the headline describes Steelers fans but like the most annoying fans in football. <laughs> yeah, that's probably accurate. Um. All right. So at quarterback, Denny, I'm going to start it off with Carson Palmer. He's owned in 35 percent of leagues, so this is a shallower league play. Uh, but the Cardinals are getting the pathetic looking Detroit Lions here in Week One. And again, we mentioned this before. Um, the, the Cardinals have a great first quarter schedule because they get the Colts in next week, then the Cowboys and the 49ers. These are all very beatable defenses. Uh, and I, I do think that Carson Palmer does have some season long upside this season too. Uh, he was an MVP candidate a couple of years ago. I already mentioned this on the one show that we did on quarterbacks, but he was an MVP candidate a couple of years ago. Remember he was a quarterback that we were targeting a lot yeah. a couple of seasons ago. Uh, and he was very, very viable from a fantasy perspective. Uh, the biggest difference between this year and last year with Carson Palmer uh, really was was what he did through the what he did. I don't know what that noise was, but I but I but I embraced it. Scary. Um, wow. Terrifying. Um, JJ speaking in tongues here. But Carson Palmer uh, last season on on passes that went 15 plus yards through the air down the field. He only threw six touchdowns on those passes. He had 13 of them the year before. Mm-hmm. According to his air yards profile, he should have had 3.8 more of them the, this last year uh, than he actually did. So positive regression is coming for Carson Palmer. You have a great matchup this week against Detroit. I love him. I think that he's he's in a great spot as a as a first quarter quarterback streamer. I have him in a lot of spots. I wouldn't. I would be lying if I didn't say I'm tilting a little bit about playing my my Cardinals in various spots because of the time difference, because I I, I don't know if there's, I, I haven't seen any research that definitively shows that West coast teams struggle at one o'clock, but they're sleepy. They're just sleepy. Look, you can't blame them. You know, West coast people are out there eating fish tacos and surfing uh, every day. They're waking up at uh, noon or some ungodly hour. So you know, one o'clock Eastern time is the is the uh, is early morning for them. They they so it, it makes me tilt a, a little bit, but I do like Palmer. So Denny, yes, why don't you give us your quarterback streamer this week? I will. Well, I, I do want to say. I mean, we've talked about week one streamers, right? Uh, which, uh, including uh, Sam Bradford, um, right? We've talked we've talked plenty about about week one options. So this is a what we would call a deeper play, uh, Deshaun Kaiser. Uh, who is quarterbacking for Cleveland in a game that we usually would not, you know, target, but again, deep play. 
the uh, Browns are heavy underdogs at home against your Steelers. And, um, you know, obviously, as he's a rookie, we don't have, um, I, you know, I don't have like reams of data to go through about, you know, reasoning why I like him, except for that he has rushing potential and rushing rushing quarterbacks in bad game script interest me a lot, you know, because they're not just sitting sitting ducks, even if that game turns sideways for the Browns. Um, he, he can, he can move around. Could he throw four picks? Of course he could. Uh, could he rush for 50 or 60 yards, maybe even a touchdown? I believe yes. So, uh, Kaiser, someone said, is Kaiser a two QB, uh, um, option for this week? And I guess depending on your league size, uh, I think the answer is clearly yes. Um, yeah. And go and going forward. Yeah. I think I agree with you there. Uh, and you mentioned Sam Bradford. Uh, he's playing. He's playing New Orleans. We talked about Sam Bradford a couple episodes ago when we talked about drafting streamers or drafting quarterbacks that you could target. Um, Tyrod was another guy, but but with his his concussion, I think that he's a little bit more iffy, um, and and the way that they played in the preseason. But uh, Sam Bradford, uh, it's a game where they're favorites. Uh, the Saints over the last three years have averaged giving up 20.33 standard fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. They've basically been, I referenced this before, that last season basically the average quarterback against them, or the last three years rather, has been 2016's Andrew Luck. Like that's that's basically the, the production that wow. quarterbacks on average are putting up against New Orleans. Um, and I, I like Sam Bradford even from the potential of a season-long perspective. I, I mentioned all of this though before. If you guys have any questions about Sam Bradford, uh, I talked about it on the late round podcast today on the 15 transaction show. So you can check that out. Denny. Yeah. Let's, let's keep things going and move to tight end. All right. I'm ready for my tight end. Uh, that didn't sound right. Um, uh, Charles Clay. Uh, I, <laughs> sorry. I, I, I'm not going to move past that. I can't. I'm ready that. for my tight end. I'm ready for my tight end. I'm, people, are you ready for my tight end recommendation? <laughs> Uh, it's Charles Clay. So I'm a Charles Clay propagandist at this point. I almost feel bad about it, but we're just going to go with it. Um, so Rick Dennison's offense has been fantasy friendly to tight ends, as I've mentioned on this show, uh, especially um, the dearly departed Owen Daniels. He's not really dead. I shouldn't say that. I should stop. I have to stop that joke, but I just keep saying it. Um, who, uh, who Owen Daniels, you know, favorite of the show. Uh, longtime mm-hmm. fan of, of LTS, I believe. Part um, of the banner on the on the LTS Twitter page. Right, exactly. So uh, um, you know that if if for no other reason, then that's why Clay is a viable play. Uh, so <laughs> Clay, uh, so Charles Clay was targeted. I was a little surprised. Charles Clay was targeted five or more times in eleven games last season. He averaged seven targets per game from Ty God over the season's final six weeks. So. That's a little more volume than I than I remembered, uh, and um, he, I you know I I don't see him as a ceiling guy like either this week or going forward, but you know he could uh, help you scrape by at tight end if you just totally faded the position um, in twelve and fourteen team leagues. Yeah, I I totally agree. I think that he'll give you somewhat of a floor, and that's kind of what you're looking for if you're streaming uh, here in week one. You you obviously want the upside guys that have season-long potential, which is Austin Hooper, in my opinion, who if Austin Hooper's out there, I would grab him. Decent decent matchup in week one. Has a good amount of touchdown upside. I talked about him on that same episode that I just referenced, uh, the 15 transactions one that I did for the late-round podcast. 
But one guy that I want to talk about, Denny, and when Willie Sneed was suspended last week, when it came out, I tweeted that a guy that I think will benefit is going to be Kobe Fleener. Mm-hmm. And people hated that. People people hate when you say that Kobe Fleener can be viable in fantasy football. He Kobe Fleener has hurt so many people's feelings that any mention of him on the Twitter and people lose their mind. You you have to think so so Willie Sneed is their is their slot receiver, right? He played like 77% of the team's snaps last season from the slot or ran 77% of his routes, I should say, from the slot. Anytime something like that happens on a team, and this is a part of the reason why I like liked Eric Ebron this year. Uh, anytime something like that happens and, and you lose that slot receiver, I know that Golden Tate will play for Eric Ebron, but I'm talking more about in the, in the red zone. But with, mm-hmm. with Willie Sneed, they don't have any sort of wide receiver on that roster. They just sign Austin Carr. They have, they have assets that can play the slot, but they don't have NFL experience in the slot. So... What I'm looking at is who's going to catch the passes in the middle of the field for New Orleans? Mm-hmm. Who's going to to cover that area? The answer to that is Kobe Fleener. Right. Kobe Fleener is that guy. Last season, Willie Sneed missed one game. So this is a one-game sample, but I think it's massively interesting. He missed one game last year, and it was against the Falcons in Week 3. During that game, Kobe Fleener played 77% of New Orleans snaps, which is the second-highest rate of the season. He caught 7 of 11 targets. Mm-hmm. He had a 20.37 market share for 109 yards and a touchdown. Mm. So that was the second best fantasy performance of his season and the third best fantasy performance of his entire career. And it just so happened to come when Willie Sneed was sidelined. Now, it was a very it was a decent matchup against Atlanta in terms of it being a high-scoring game. It was it was like a 45 to 27 game, but that's why I'm mentioning the market share. He had a 20.37% market share in that contest. I don't think that it's a simple coincidence that this happened when Willie Sneed was out because Willie Sneed is their slot receiver and Kobe Fleener steps in and he'll probably run more routes without Willie Sneed active. So I'm into to Kobe Fleener. You know, the matchup isn't great this week, mm-hmm. but I'm into Kobe Fleener for this first three weeks of the season because I think that he can basically be their slot receiver. That is, I think that, I mean, I wanted to make a joke, but that's just, re- that's a really good take. And I told, I, I had not thought of it quite like that, but, but uh, that's, that's good stuff. That's the that's that's my take. That's it, man. That's all. That's all you need. I mean, if anybody out there, and I'm I, really, I'm trying to, I'm not trying to embarrass you, but if anybody out there is is an aspiring fantasy take haver uh, who wants to write about it or talk about it, um, listen to what JJ just said uh, about Kobe Fleener for the last like minute or so, and then just <laughs> just do that every time you need to reason with something. Just do that. So good job. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I'm blushing very hard right now. Uh, the, the listeners can't see, but I'm, I'm, oh, I might, might just might just be my sunburn from the weekend. But. <laughs> so to recap, defensively, we have the Rams and the Bills as viable streamers, but if the Falcons, Steelers, Jaguars, the I mean, there's so many. The the, the Panthers mm, are another yeah. team. New England, New England is another team that's been out on some waiver wires. There's so many good defenses, but those are the two that we chose just from a streaming perspective. Quarterbacks, Carson Palmer and Sam Bradford are the quintessential, typical streaming options. But then you have Deshaun Kaiser. We also did not mention, I, I do want to just throw out there that I, I think that Jared Goff could be usable this week. We, well, we talked about this before the show just briefly. And JJ said, I want to talk about the idea of Jared Goff <laughs> this week. And I, and I said, I said, so we're not recommending Jared Goff. We're just saying to the listeners, 
the concept of of Jared Goff is something <laughs> that you should consider. <laughs> this could this could be the one. So Vontae Davis isn't going to play for for Indianapolis. This could be the week that Sammy Watkins, because he has tough matchups, corner corner matchups especially. But this could be the week that Sammy Watkins stretches the field. They do what they what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And after week one, my mentions are going to be f- just f- incredibly flamboyant because. <laughs> So what, they're gonna be like they're gonna be dressed up. And, yes, and, they're gonna they're gonna come at. I, I well, I started to say flames, but then I realized that I couldn't. Then I just said a word that had that in it, and then it didn't didn't actually match the definition for what I wanted to say. Right. It could be flamboyant, I believe. Yes, you mentioned. Yes, yeah. yes, that that would work. That would work. Um, but my mentions will be in flames, and I I'm ready for that because I do think that the Rams have a chance to put together a nice offensive performance in week one. Sure. With that being said, they're not going to do that all season long. It's just not going to happen. But this is the defense to do it. Vontae Davis is out. Sammy Watkins can stretch the field. He's going to be able to do it a lot more without Vontae Davis in the lineup. So I don't mind Goff if, you're, if you really, really, really are in a tough spot. And then at tight end, we have Charles Clay, Kobe Fleener, and Austin Hooper. Did you know that Rams fans call Sean McVay Sean McBay. What? Like M C B A E, you know, like Bay. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, I learned not to question Sean McBay on Twitter because the Rams, Rams truthers will, will uh, they love him. Take it. They'll they'll go to the mat. They they will go to the mat for their new guy. Um, and <clears throat> and that that's probably smart for a guy who will have that job for the next eighteen months. You know, who's so. who's who's young? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's younger than you, Denny? By a like by two years. It's not like yeah. It's you know, it's not like he graduated high school like three days before or after me. It's like I'm I'm just older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. All right, Denny. Let's uh let's get to the Twitter questions. I- I'm kind of disappointed this week. Like it's week one. Yeah. And like the questions kind of sucked and I'm just disappointed in you guys. Cause you guys usually come with such fire. You guys are so flamboyant usually in our <laughs> mentions. Jeez. I I'm sorry. Listeners. I'm very sorry. I don't know what got into JJ. He's, he's, uh, he's furious right now, but I did see one that I want to make sure that we get to. So maybe we could just kick it off with the best one that I saw, which, which was, was if we, if we were a married couple, oh, I think I have what, it, yeah. what would we fight over? So yeah, what do you think it is? Let's hash this out. We need to talk about it. Um, this is from at Phil underscore, underscore Colbertson. Hey Phil, how's it going? Hey man? Phil. Uh, if JJ and Denny were married, what would be the most frequent argument? Okay, okay, okay. So, um, uh, do you flush the toilet every time you pee? Yeah, of course. What do you mean, of course? Some people don't. Who does not? Who doesn't flush the toilet? I, I mean, I mean, out of laziness, out of sheer laziness. Right. That's that's the, as the laziest thing. That's nothing is lazier. You li- you have to you have to put like barely any force with four with with one finger, yeah. just to to make it happen. I'm with, I'm with you. I'm so okay. So I we, we have. That. I'm clean. What did you say? I'm fairly clean. I'm Fair. not like a I'm not like a I don't leave stuff uh-huh. around. Okay. Okay. When you make oh you don't drink coffee okay I was gonna say if you it, do you make weak coffee or strong because because I could not I could not deal with someone who makes weak coffee um I think we actually make a really nice yeah I, I I'm thinking yes I actually am thinking that we would just re- gel really nicely 
Um, and you know that I just sit in the dark when I work. Yeah. By the way, everyone. So when I log on, <laughs> when I get on on the on the online, and I go on Skype, and JJ. So I call JJ on Skype, and the 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 screen changes, but it's just black. It's just this blackness. <laughs> And all I no, see, my face is still, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go all ahead. I see is the outline of JJ's face, and you know, because you know he's a uh, 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 he the dark beard, the dark hair. So all all I really see is just a little bit of his face in a completely dark room. And I was like, I'm sorry, have I dialed into a haunted house, <laughs> or is it? <laughs> are we doing the podcast? What is? There's nothing wrong. Look, I work well at night. Okay, so once you know, um, once my wife goes to bed or whatever, I'll just sit and I'll work a little bit. And usually, when I'm working at night, all my lights in my office are off, and I just have the light of the screen in my my second monitor. That's that's my that's the light. I don't need light to look at a computer. Why do I, it actually is more uncomfortable having this light on talking to you than if it was off? That's I, that's, that's 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 why. I just as as someone who needs who, I, I well I get I get uh, I get a little bit blue when when I'm in a very dark room for a long time. Like I I have one of those those lights that um, emits vitamin D. Have you ever seen those? Yeah, yeah, like replacement sunlight. Uh, I I have that blasting on me all winter, so <laughs> I I I cannot relate to this. But anyway, I I don't know I don't know if what uh, what we would argue about really. Um, Maybe music. Well, music for sure. Yeah, yeah. That's true. But I don't have. But that, that's the thing, though, too, is that I don't have strong music tastes. Mm-hmm. Like, like I listen to bad. Like I'm. Oh, I know that I listen to bad music, and so it doesn't matter. Yeah. All like right. that's 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 the thing. I mean, it, it would. I don't know, guys. I think that we have never really talked this out, but we might be a perfect couple. We might be. Ah. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. We'll we'll move on then. Uh, this next one at Ethan underscore Harwood. How's your confidence level in Woodhead heading into Week One? Significant role in the offense or low volume situational player? So he had that injury. I think it's a hammy that he was nursing. Um, look, I I think Danny Woodhead's in a pretty good spot from a matchup standpoint. And you know, if you drafted Danny Woodhead, especially in a PPR league as a starter or a flex, you want to play him early in the season before something inevitably happens to a thirty-two year old running back. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I I don't think I wouldn't call him situational. I I, I just uh, hearing how uh, Harbaugh and Flacco talked about him. I mean, it's pretty clear. Even though I'm loaded up on Terrence West this year, God save my soul. Um, uh, I, I I think Woodhead is more than just a, a guy who comes in on third down and catches a few passes. Yeah. Yeah, but just wait till week five when Buck Allen is the three down back in in Baltimore. Uh, I I used to be into Buck Allen, but he's clearly like he clearly has the the coaches have no confidence in that guy. He it might be he's I think he's better than Terrence West though. He was deactivated for weeks and weeks and weeks. I I I know. I'm I'm still I I can't even tell you how many leagues I've stashed Buck Allen, Denny. Man, uh, you 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 make me tilt. Oh. <laughs> Next one at underscore big floss. Should I start Fleener over Ebron with Snead out? So Ebron is a very tough matchup against Arizona. I would, I would, I would start Fleener. I think you can start Fleener, yeah. Um, but I, so I would definitely. I, I saw the uh, a question that was Jack Doyle or Fleener. You're starting Fleener over Jack Doyle. Mm-hmm. You're not starting Indianapolis skill players confidently this week. Not even you're not even starting T. Y. Hilton confidently. No. 
So next one at knuckle pop, our buddy Ross, he says, I'm unclear on your thoughts on early season handcuffs. Please clarify again. JJ's hair is Denny's hair's handcuff outright starter by 2018. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I think that I'm, my hair is probably your hair's handcuff. That's a very fair analogy to make, but did you see the, the, the lit mentions that I had when I mentioned the Jonathan Williams thing? Did you see, I, I did this over the weekend. Yeah. I was sitting, I was sitting by the pool in Hilton head. Cause my wife and I went to Hilton Head this weekend sitting by the pool. And I just tweeted like, you know, remember to not draft handcuffs in fantasy football or whatever. But it wasn't that I minded people drafting Jonathan Williams because I thought, you know, I, I could see the logic that he was somewhat of a flex appeal or had flex appeal in deeper leagues. And then obviously the upside of what if something happens to LaShawn McCoy, my, my tweet was about the fact that we always think that we know more than we actually do. Mm-hmm. It was more so that than, I mean, whatever. You spend a 12th round pick on a guy. It doesn't matter. But in, in the end, it doesn't matter. Um, but realistically, it just plays into the idea that, that we think that we know way more about these handcuff situations than we really do because we're not talking about starters here. Yeah. You know, starters are talented guys who will not get cut. Whereas if we're dealing with these handcuffs, Unless it's very clear that they're not going to get cut, maybe like a James Conner, but James Conner, we still don't fully know if he's going to just have a D'Angelo Williams like workload if something were to happen to Le'Veon. But you know, obviously they're not going to cut James Conner because they just draft him. But Jonathan Williams, you know, he's—it's not like he's this can't cut guy, mm-hmm. and he never mm-hmm. was. And, and there's a reason they're backups. That's basically what I'm getting at, mm-hmm. you know. And so then there was a debate of like. Oh, or, or, or handcuffs always perform. Well, it, it, it all depends on how you're defining handcuff, you know, because I don't define def, I don't define handcuffs as late round running backs that you're drafting that are backups to a sixth round running back that you would hypothetically draft. That's not a handcuff. A handcuff is a is an insurance policy for elite early round running backs. Um, I I have to say, Ross. Uh, I see you and I see what you're doing here with the hair thing slowly, but surely you are sowing discord among me and JJ about the hair. Uh, you are implying that eventually JJ will take over as the best hair on this podcast. And I will not let this happen. I'm just telling you right now. And, and, and I see, I see what you're doing. I'm aware of it and I'm taking you down on Twitter. I'm just telling you. I'm just so excited for when your hair tears its ACL. Oh, dear God. I don't even know what that means, but I'm sweating. So ready for it. Next one, at Dutton 13 Neil Dutton. What would be the ultimate worst night out for you guys? In parentheses, worst venue, worst food, worst drinks, worst company, or would it just be Arby's? Uh, I mean, it could be Arby's. I, I mean, in my old age, uh, a night out that starts at like 11 o'clock sounds like an absolute nightmare yeah especially if it's with people that you're not like tight with like if it, if it's like secondary if it's secondary or even even a third connection and you're just going because you know you're trying to do someone a favor or something that that is an awful awful night yeah well that's just that's just sounds like like that sounds like that's what i'll be doing in hell for eternity is just going out in that scenario <laughs> But I'm I'm talking about good friends, close friends, family. This I don't care. I going out that late and staying out until three in the morning or four in the morning is something that I did for a very short period in my twenties, and that was it. 
because because I'm ruined the next day. I'm just ruined. So that that is that to me. That's it. No matter what it is, good even good food, good music, whatever. I I don't live that life. I don't. I can't think of like an activity that would that I would hate to do though. Uh, kids' birthday parties. You would hate that. Trust. Okay. Well, I, yeah, I haven't experienced it. It, it. It's it's actually like like the seventh circle of hell. It's. Well, I mean, I've had I've had my 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 niece's birthday parties, but it's a little bit different because I don't have my own child. Slash, I can just sit in the corner and watch all the other parents run around chasing their children. And and and, and all the kids are always sick. And they're disgusting, and they have snot everywhere, and they're getting they're getting on your kid, and their kid's gonna be sick, and then you're gonna be sick. Oh God, I hate it. Next one at P Sheriff, who would win in an arm wrestling match, JJ or Denny? That that is, I would like to know the answer to that question. Oh come on, I have. <laughs> look, look, guys, I think I weigh like thirty-five to forty pounds more than Denny does, and I probably have like how many, like three or four inches on you, three inches on you, let's say. It wait, probably more, probably more than that. Does any of that matter? And in arm wrestling, yeah, you gotta have. I mean, it just, it just, it just means that I'm gonna have more power behind that, that, that motion. This is actually, by the way, this is actually what Denny and I would argue about if we were married right. is, is who would win in an arm wrestling match. Well, we could settle it real quick. I'm, I'm actually about to put down my mic and drive to Charlotte right now. And we're, <laughs> we're my biggest this. fear, my biggest. So I used to, we used to like, like in middle school, we had this, like this arm wrestling, like tournament thing. Mm. And like, we used to, I remember I used to take like a, like a, like a dumbbell and I was mm-hmm. in like eighth grade and I used to just put it, like hold it. And mm. then I'd go up and down like an arm wrestle. <laughs> And I would, that, that's how I would work out for this arm wrestling thing. That's, but that's funny. Yeah. I, uh, I think that I would destroy you in an arm wrestling, but, but I have this fear now that when I arm wrestle that my art, cause I've seen videos of people's like arms snapping off. Oh, wait, we're not that strong, dude. No, dude. I'm, I'm so, I would, I probably wouldn't want to arm. Like I'm, I'm so scared of that kind of stuff now. No, but we're not, we're not uh Sylvester Stallone in that, in that arm wrestling movie, whatever it was. By the way, that movie. Oh my God, that movie! Uh, what what was it called? I, I I don't know. I gotta look it up. Hold on. Yeah, you. So so that movie. One time, I was in Pittsburgh, and we went, and it was it was me, my one buddy who was in from out of town, and my dad and his two friends who were having a mancation in Pittsburgh, where they were just hanging out and getting drunk and stuff. Mm-hmm. And we were dri- I was driving them around. My my dad and his buddies. They're his two his two close friends. They're all like in their sixties and stuff now. And <clears throat> we went to this bar. This stand, it was a stand-up bar. There's no, there's no seats there, and we get there, and there was a woman who was in that movie who, throughout her life, arm wrestled for a living wow. and was like sponsored by by Iron City Light and stuff in Pittsburgh, and like had like had sponsorship deals, and we have pictures of my friend and my dad and stuff arm wrestling this woman. And she was like in her seventies now and she was still whooping people's ass. That's amazing. It's called over the top. By the over way. the top. That's what it is. Which I'm sure like, I'm sure half of our audience was screaming at their mobile device saying over the <laughs> yeah, top, exactly, over exactly. the top. And I'm embarrassed that I didn't know that just, just, just for the, for the record, I, I should have known that. So yeah, I I'm, I'm upset about that too. This next one is at rejected papers on the other podcast. You said Hooper might benefit from red zone target regression from Freeman. So I mentioned that the running backs there saw way too many targets and other running backs that like Freeman was like 14th in the league in red zone targets last year. So I mentioned regression. So then he says, is, is Atlanta due for overall red zone target regression? 
My, my answer to that is probably yes, because the offense isn't going to be as strong this season, but I do think that a lot of the volume that we saw go to those running backs will kind of, that, that's where Austin Hooper can find some love in the red zone and see more volume in the red zone. Mm-hmm. That's uh, kind of my theory. Yeah, uh, love in the red zone is something you should not Google. <laughs> I mean, at, at, at work, at work, just don't Google that. Go ahead. This next one is from at PPR ranks. Office just got chocolate-covered almonds. I enjoy them. Is this an acceptable form of nut consumption? It totally is. That sounds delicious. Those those are great. Chocolate-covered almonds? Man, I got to get some. Those are good. Next one. At J. Alex Olguin. Does Denden have a new movie to recommend? Game of Thrones is over and my Sunday nights feel empty. You can watch Over the Top. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean... <laughs> that's the one, right? That 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 That's the one. Uh, I, I also have been, uh, if anybody has, if you have Netflix, you can watch the whole, um, old Twin Peaks series, which I find just the best. I just freaking love that show. So if you're, if you're looking for a new show, try Twin Peaks and you might feel like you're tripping on acid, even if you're completely sober. This next one, alt FF player, Eli Dak or the streamers at quarterback Palmer is not available. So we're looking at Eli Dak or Sam Bradford probably. So they play each other, Eli and Dak. Yeah. I think that I would go Bradford over both this week. Really? Oh God. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I was going to say Eli. Um, Eli has historically struggled against. Okay. 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 Next one, at BG Lace. That's probably wrong, but how many days would you last if you parted your hair on the opposite side? Uh, I would I would immediately evaporate. <laughs> I don't part my hair, so this is a Denny question. Yeah, no, I would immediately, I, I would, I would try it. My hair is trained. My hair, my, my, so my mom started to train my hair to go a certain way when I was like three years old, okay? <laughs> so this is 30 years in the making, 30 years of training reversed. I, I believe scientifically, I am not a scientist, but I believe scientifically if, if I parted my hair on the, on my right side, it, I would, I would just disintegrate and my, my wife would come in and it would be a pile of ashes holding a comb. <laughs> yeah. This next one at Avebomb twenty one. If you died and were reborn a dog, which kind of cat would you want to be? <laughs> Look, are you? Did we ever talk about this on the show? If you're a dog or a cat person? Well, I I, I don't like dogs, you know that. And and, and I thought I liked cats until we got two cats, and I realized cats are also terrible. So oh, they're both terrible. Okay, okay. Well, well, Henry's pretty cool. So get owned. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I don't, I'm not gonna, you know, I, I don't like kick dogs. I don't, don't, don't. You know. That's good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. It's good. It's good for not going to jail. Yeah. Henry's, Henry's pretty all. I need to, I need to put Henry on a Facebook live with me someday. Do you walk, That'd do you have fun. to walk him at like five in the morning? No, I don't, I don't touch Henry until I wake up in the morning and he just sit like my wife leaves and cause she left. No, my wife leaves for work. <laughs> And Henry just sits there in his cage and he just waits. He's sleeping. And then when I go downstairs to eat my breakfast for the morning and, and get ready, he comes out and I take him out and I feed him that he's good. He just sits he sits on a freaking cushion all day long in front of my desk. Sounds nice. That's him. He's great. Next one, at Steinman underscore. This is a very important question. Is JJ Watt off the list of players that we can degrade on the podcast? Yeah, I, I believe he is, yeah. I think he is, man. Look, as much as, as we've talked about the corniness of J.J. Watt, what he just did is 
the probably one of the best things that an athlete has like ever done. I I'm yes. Uh, I, I, I should say he's he's. I shouldn't have made it that extreme. But what I'm saying, like he used his platform the right way. Yeah, yeah, and and he what he raised twenty million dollars or, or close yeah, to. I mean it's over seventeen. I know that. Yeah, and and that's that is amazing. I I'm not saying but I will not use the word but here. I'm gonna say <laughs> I'm gonna say and and I loved the constant reaction to his constant updates on Twitter, which is basically my whole timeline was just people quote retweeting him his videos saying amazing this is amazing cool i can't believe it unbelievable over and over and over <laughs> and over again for days and days and days but what can you can't say anything you can't say there's nothing you can say and you shouldn't say you shouldn't say which i shut my mouth and i literally would just like put like my fist in my mouth uh, so i you know so i wouldn't uh, um say something stupid uh, so that that was amazing to observe on Twitter, but but yes, I believe I have to call a moratorium on crapping on JJ Watt for now. Yes, it's officially over. Uh, this next one at Adam G Blevins. Sometimes I play a week without a kicker or defense because I don't want to drop a player. Is that minus EV? Would you rather play a week without a kicker or defense? No, no, I would. That's definitely that. minus EV. That's a terrible idea because. You won't think of it this very easy way to think of it. You have 13 times in a season to get a victory, okay? To make the playoffs in the fantasy league, let's say you have to win eight or nine of those, okay? At least. If you're not using a kicker or a defense, you're 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 losing the opportunity of five to 15 points yeah. in, in that week. And you're being arrogant as hell while doing it. So, so no, do not do that. No, yeah, I mean, you're gonna piss someone off. I'd be furious if my opponent <laughs> yeah. didn't play a, a full lineup on purpose, you know? Right, right. This next one at J at Joe Bowen seven three one. Tariq Cohen versus Vereen. Who outperforms on a more consistent weekly basis? I feel like every day it's more. It's like like I, it, does Jordan Howard even play anymore? I mean, is yeah, it, dude, I. Dude, I cannot anymore with this Tariq Cohen stuff. Like, like I get that he's looked electric. I get that they want to utilize him. But what Tariq Cohen does is he takes away from Jordan Howard more than Tariq Cohen is an actual thing in fantasy football himself. Right. That's that. That's a good way of putting it. I, I actually, I promise you that the other day I saw so much Tariq Cohen propaganda on the TL that I went to Roto World to see... Did I miss like is Howard out for the year? <laughs> right. I I really thought I was like, "Oh my god, this is this is a disaster." And I was like, "Oh no, Howard's perfectly fine. Why is everyone talking <laughs> about Tariq Cohen?" I think Vereen is a much more reasonable option right now. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Tariq Cohen, he's 179 pounds. He's not taking over Jordan Howard's role, you guys. Even if Jordan Howard were to, were to go down, I highly doubt Tariq Cohen is an every down back. So he's not even a real handcuff for them. And you're taking, I get that they're going to be a negative game scripts. I understand that. But why would you take him? Like, what's, tell me this. Tell me, Denny. What's the difference between Tariq Cohen and Chris Thompson? Oh, yeah. No, there's, there's very little difference. Right. If anything, Chris Thompson's the better fantasy asset because he's in a way better offense. Yeah. Like, I, I don't get the allure with Tariq Cohen at all. Uh, I could be wrong and someone might snip this 
this part of this audio yeah. and throw it out there on the on the TL as you call it when <laughs> the kids call when, it when when Tariq Cohen goes off in week ten. Look, he's an electric player. He could do big things. I mean, look if you and if you're drafting late, why would you not get Alvin Kamara? But why would you not get a guy who's playing that role in one of the best offenses in football who will probably still see negative game scripts because the defense isn't that great? I just I don't get the Cohen love. I'm sorry this is kind of a rant, but I needed to get this off my chest really badly. Yeah, I, I do feel like it's it's kind of gone overboard, yeah. This next one, at Jacob Henry FF, which is better, fat lineman intercepting a pass or a trick play where the punter ends up throwing the ball? I mean, I, I actually like the the latter if the punter doesn't really know how to throw. that That's yeah. that's more fun to watch to me, uh, to, to see someone, a professional athlete who – has played football, you know, you know, ostensibly his whole life, and he and he can barely throw the football. That's fun to me. Yeah, I agree. I can agree with that. He, he throws the ball like a like a Hollywood actor. Because I'm sorry, Tom Everett Scott, but your your people in Hollywood do not have to know how to throw a ball. Yeah, why don't they know how to throw a ball? It's incredible. Did they not grow? Did everyone grow up in Hollywood who is currently in Hollywood? Didn't anybody grow up in, in real life where people are throwing footballs and baseballs and, and the other things? The worst is when the character that they're playing is like an, supposed to be an athlete. It's not like they're just out in the backyard playing with their kid. The person's supposed to be like a, a quarterback or something, and yeah. they have no absolutely no athletic bone in their body to just understand what a throwing it's it's like it's like if byron leftwich threw the way that he did but never went through any sort of schooling to be a better quarterback that's the way that these people throw they got like the, the ball down at their hip whenever they go to wind up and they wind their arm is like completely straight when they're right. going around their back and yeah. then they just toss it over there it's so bizarre looking well it, and and it's also the short arm you know where there's no follow yeah that one that's yeah that, that's just, the other one that's the other one it's the like short that arm throw. the the worst the worst hollywood throw that i can think of right now and i'm sure that the listeners can can think of more and and you will show us more but is tom cruise from the war of the worlds remake from like 15 years ago yeah. And he throws a baseball and it's like it was so bad it was distracting. I couldn't get it out of my head for 15 minutes after I saw it. it's the worst throw ever. Tom Cruise can't throw. <laughs> oh, I hope that people send us tweets with uh yeah. with with bad throws. Ho- Hollywood bad throws. That that should be a YouTube channel. Oh man. Oh, if so, I, I somebody out there can do it. Do it. Man, just now that your audio Went really, really fast forward. You sound like a chipmunk. I'm going to keep it in, though, so people can hear it. Because it was really bizarre. <laughs> but I'm keeping it in. I don't know what just happened. That's but weird. it happened. Okay. Uh, this last question, at Rob GTRZ. It's Rob Gutierrez, and it's all shortened in his, in his handle. I want Vance McDonald takes. That's that's the last question. Is that... Is, I don't know. What do you want us to say? I don't know. I My take, Denny, is that I think that he has some tight end two upside this year. I think he could be a, uh, I, I'm not saying he'll be a starter, but I think that we're going to be talking about him multiple mm-hmm. times on living the stream this year. And the reason for that is they clearly didn't like Xavier Grimble and Jesse James. They went out and they traded for Vance McDonald, right? They really wanted this athletic tight end. You know, remember they went out and they got Ladarius green and, yeah. and in those games where Ladarius green was active, he dominated. Yeah. So now you have that body that can get down the middle of the field in the, in the seam there I'm I'm kind of interested in 
Vance McDonald from more of a, you know, we'll, we'll stream him. I don't think he'll be an every week starter, but he's in a great offense. And I think he could have some touchdown potential. He will be featured on this show. Uh, that's, that's, I mean, if Jesse James was, then he has to be. Yeah. I, I, well, I mean, I think any, any tight end in a high powered offense is going to end up on this show if they're not already, you know, owned in a lot of leagues. So that, and I, I liked Vance McDonald last year. I had him in some spots. I mean, he it was fluky the way that he produced in fantasy last year. He had like, what did he, he had like three or four long, long touchdowns. Yeah, that one against Carolina, I remember yeah, it was like eighty but, some yards. Yeah. I mean, without and look, I I hate doing this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Those games would have been a fantasy debacle for for his owners if he doesn't catch those those long yeah, touchdowns. Of course, like it, it wasn't course. like he already had ten PPR points. Like he had nothing, and then he blew up with the one play. Right. right. All right, Denny. Well, that's going to do it. Why don't you uh, let everyone know where they can find you? Um, well, uh, this Sunday, you can find me pantless on the roof, uh, <laughs> s- screaming that Mike Evans isn't playing. And oh, God, oh, God, oh, God, Kendall writes in my lineup. Um, but on Twitter, uh, it's at CD Carter 13. And um, if you would like season long consultation uh, from a fantasy analyst, check out draftdayconsultants.com. And I'm JJ Zacharisi, and you can find me on Twitter at LateRoundQB. I have my other podcast, the Late Round Podcast, where I'm doing three of them a week now. I just published the 15 Transactions one today, so go check that out. Uh, But otherwise, remember to subscribe to this show, too. This show is a show as well. It is a show. We have takes on this show. It's usually bad, but it is a show, and we like it. Yes, we do. All right, guys, thanks for listening. Good luck in week one, and we will talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to Live in the Stream. We hope you enjoyed the internet podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes now. It won't take long, it's fast. For more fantasy football info, check out LakeGroundQB.com. Hope you come back soon as we share about the team.